The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not necessarily reflect the official position of the host, other guests, or any affiliated entities. Each participant is responsible for their own statements and opinions. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Me and Chada, and welcome back for another edition of High Trust Low Context. I'm your host, El Chaco, and with me tonight for episode 16, good friend of the show, a frequent frequent flyer, so to speak, Tab Burt. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me back again. Yeah, man, I'm glad we were able to uh, find a time that worked. I, you know, yeah, uh, I had to take a long hiatus there for a while because. Uh, Internet was spottier than ever, and uh, power power outages were happening all the time. And uh, yeah, you and I have a, a what three hour difference right now. Yep. So, but we're coming up. I think in March, you guys will get one uh, one hour closer, and then um, we'll be another hour closer by the end of March. So uh, it'll be a little easier for me to book my uh, North American guest, because I think. Oh, no. Oh, no. Elon Musk has let El Chaco down. This is like, this is pure comedy. All this preparation. And then here we are. The satellites get shot out of orbit because World War Three is starting. The Russians are invading. Maybe it's my internet that's bad. I don't know. I just work here. How about that uh, fat beat in that intro? Who does not love the uh, high trust, low context intro? I uh, whenever I listen to the show, I'll be like writing to work, and I'll have the the show on. You know, just whatever the latest episode is, I'll throw it in the playlist in my phone. And then, you know, that beat kicks in while I'm like on the highway. I'm uh, very worried that I'm going to lay the bike over in the middle and just get like run over by a semi truck for some reason and drop dead. But, you know, worse things have happened, I'm I'm sure. Uh, this is my show now. This is the way I, I handle podcasts. I frequently guest and then I just take it over. And so so now welcome to High Trust Low Context with me. Uh, today we're going to be talking about and also I'm going to change the format a little bit. So, you know, El Chaco, he comes at, at this from, you know, his, his Catholic belief system and about, and talks about wrestling and, you know, comedy and brings his friends on. I'm not going to do any of that because I'm not very religious, but what I do love is Star Trek. So what this is actually going to be, we're going to go ahead and start this episode out. I'm going to review the episode encounter at far point, which is the beginning of Star Trek, the next generation. I haven't watched it, in I don't know the last time I watched Encounter at Farpoint, but I am going to give you a blow by blow description of the of that episode completely from memory. I'm not going to give you any kind of insight or any anything to tell you anything about the the episode history. I'm just going to go plot point by plot point through the entire 
episode and then release that out onto a platform as if I've created some kind of content and not just wasted an hour and a half of your time because that's what every Star Trek podcast is. And so by high trust, low context, low context means, you know, there's no actual context about what's going on in the episode. And uh, and then on the other side of it, the high trust is that you're just going to have to trust that I know what I'm talking about. Craig Weston comments. Can I make comments pop up on this thing? I can check that shit out. I am the master. I, I'm running this. Craig Weston asked, hey, Tab, not to interrupt your train of thought, but how is life treating you since HWIDG? Uh, peaks and valleys. Things are good. Sometimes things are bad. Other times, um, just kind of depends. Uh, so I talked about the last time I was on was in October. And, uh, I talked about how in September I fell down and tore through three ligaments in my foot and spent like the better part of a month on this peg leg. And I put on some weight during that time. Not that I was very light to begin with, but, um, the beginning of January, I discovered that I had lost almost 40 pounds since getting off the peg leg in mid October. And then since early January, when I decided to, I was like, well, I'm going to per purloin this uh, losing weight to try and lose more weight. I've now lost 20 pounds. So I'm down 60 pounds from where I was in, in the last time I was on this show, which is rewarding. Yeah. Um, I had to buy new pants yesterday because none of my pants fit anymore. They're all my uh, carry a walkie talkie at work and it just drags my pants almost clean off my, my body. <laughs> so I finally like went and bought four pairs of jeans, two that, two that are the right size and two that are a size that's kind of snug with the hopes that I can make it until may figure out how much weight I'm actually going to totally lose and then start buying new clothes again. Can I recommend something for wherever, wherever you end up at? Um, <clears throat> I can't recommend this enough. It's called the grip six belt. Have you heard about this thing? I have not. Oh, it's the best. It's like a belt that doesn't use belt loops and it actually holds in place perfectly. It's just like this perfect design. And I get it. I get it as gifts for people because I use it I, like it's my favorite belt I've ever had. You can find it on Amazon and all that kind of stuff. It's called the Grip 6. Uh, mm -hmm. It's perfect. Um, we have been having these like power burps the last little while here. Like there's really this weird thing that's happening where where we are, we're having like before when, when we were doing here's what I don't get, the power would go out whenever there was a storm and there seemed mm -hmm. to be a storm all the time. Now we're getting them just randomly for no reason. Like on Saturday, we had a five hour power outage uh, that uh, went from 8 p.m. until 1 a.m. And it's hot as heck out here. So, like, it, you know, it's absolutely brutal. But <clears throat> the one problem that uh, so I, I have Starlink now. And the, the one problem that uh, Starlink does is it when it when I get these little power burps, it takes a good chunk of time for it to kind of reconnect mm. to to the Internet. It's not like my other modem or, or my other thing where it would kind of get back on within maybe 10, 30 seconds. I that while you were like a good professional that you are and handling the show while I was off. Um, I was just like fiddling around back here, trying to plug in other things, trying to get some sort of Internet going. but thankfully uh yeah we're we're back uh i apologize it's just it's a humility it's a humility test you know to to go through these things but um yeah man like you you so you've you said you've lost how much 60 pounds 60 pounds since mid since the last time i was on the show basically wow what yeah. the last time you were on the show was that in november october it was, it was like mid to late october was it the Zach King episode or did I have yeah. you in between that? I thought I had you in between. Oh, maybe that. I was on between. It was since the Zach King episode. 
Okay. Yeah, man. And I've probably put on about six pounds. <laughs> Since then. I, um, I got my new office. It's, it's, it's kind of boring behind me. I'm going to do something behind me. I originally sort of based on your advice, I painted it green mm-hmm. behind me. And I thought that would like, you know, give me enough for a, a good like green screen effect. No, no, it's this, this paint didn't work. Uh, and the, the walls are not smooth enough. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I'll try with like a, I'll try like with a different kind of lighting or something like that. But if not, I'll just, I'll put some dangly things behind me and, uh, and, you know, I, I won't have the cool universe that you've got. Going on, but yeah. I'll, but just, um, uh, this was the first, Im- well, this was actually the second image that I found in my wallpapers background, which is why oh, look, there's <laughs> a, uh, there's a watermark right there. That's super. Ah, don't, you, don't you love it when like you see people like using like clearly stock footage and it'll like have the watermark of like I stock photo or something or a yeah. or something like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, this is great. It's been a little while. Uh, yeah. It, t- it took, like I was trying to say before the power went out and before it goes out again, um, that, uh, yeah, we've been, I had to take a hiatus only because like it was Christmas season. We were finishing off this office, uh, and I could not guarantee that my like internet that I had from before was going to be able to handle it. Like it, it kept on dropping off. It would go from like 32 megabytes per second down to like 0.5 megabytes Mm -hmm. per second and you couldn't get anywhere with it but the um starlink's working out relatively well although i put i I spend a lot of money to put the uh put the antenna on my roof with this like ridgeline kit that they got Mm -hmm. and it's got these ballast weights that you put in there and so i put it on the roof but i got a metal roof and um uh, i think that the heat just like turns into like a convection oven up there you know just kind of it reflects right onto the thing and so these things are supposed to be able to handle up to like 120 degrees fahrenheit but i wonder because of just the way the metal is i think it just gets even hotter than that so what i'm looking at doing is i'm gonna buy they sell these like silicon mats for heat resistance that you put underneath like a toaster oven mm-hmm. or, or something like that in the kitchen. And so I'm just going to buy like a whole bunch of these this mats to put underneath it to hopefully help with that. And then for the cable, I'm going to buy a bunch of like, you know, like heat, um, heat envelopes or wraps that you would put yeah. in like a mechanic, like in a car mm-hmm. and see if that will help the cable out. So. We'll see how it goes, but uh, yeah, man, it's a, it's good to have you back on. I'm glad we got some uh, people on here. I had a our last episode I did on Saturday, and it was just because of the timing. It was like a midday on a Saturday, and, was, and I, I said to my buddy who who uh, Mr. Black who came on for the first time, I said, "Don't don't expect a huge a huge turnout in the middle of a Saturday." Yeah. But um, I was gonna I, I was telling you before you came on the show tonight that that maybe uh, you would. Um, you know, I would have t- totally been fine bumping it out a night if you got tickets to go to Monday Night Raw in uh, St. Louis tonight. And in the yeah. past, you've worked with WWE, but you're not in that position right now, I guess. Right. Yeah. I, the last. Well, when I was living in Tulsa, I think I did it two or three times um, <clears throat> before I moved here. And now I don't work in like the stagehand industry anymore. So I didn't even know it was happening. Oh, but I okay. guess it's so, probably happening down there at the Enterprise Center or one of the places downtown. Well, yeah. What is the where do the Blues play? That's the Enterprise Center. Okay. 
Did he? Did he used to be the Keel Center or something like that? Or no? Maybe maybe uh, it might have been wrong. Maybe it's Denver. But <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of eyes on that program tonight. Uh, I wanted to. I was going to kind of use a loose topic of do the right thing, and the WWE is not doing the right thing. <laughs> on the last episode uh, that I did, I was talking about Vince McMahon and his scandals that are happening, mm-hmm. and uh, those are bad. Um, I have a feeling that the WWE now is trying to get as much attention off of that as possible. And what better way to do that than to create a totally new scandal, but like in the storyline. So they have a character, they have, they have a guy named Cody Rhodes and he's the son of the late, great Dusty Rhodes, who, who's like a wrestling legend. And, you know, he's gone through it. He's been treated badly by the company. He went off. Uh, into the indies became an, like an uh, an indie darling and then ended up uh, helping being a founding member of AEW which is the number one content like competitor for the WWE now mm-hmm. and then he ended up getting signed back to WWE and then became probably one of their biggest baby faces in history like he's super over with the crowd and last year he like this is a kind of guy who's so devoted to his work that at one point in time, he had a pectoral muscle that had completely separated from the bone. And if you saw his pectoral, uh, his pe- pecs, it was just all like dark purple. And he completed the match that he was in and like completely like he he, he completed the match. And then finally, afterwards, got the surgery and re- rehabbed. So everybody has wow. like a lot of respect for him. And then last year, because Roman Reigns is their reigning champion and Roman Reigns is if he keeps the championship for, throughout the year, he'll break Hulk Hogan's record for longest consecutive uh, uh, belt streak. And it's not the the biggest of all time. Cause like in the seventies, they used to like give it to somebody for like a decade. <laughs> you know, like, like it was like Bruno San Martino held it forever, but to beat Hulk Hogan is a big deal. So last year, Cody Rhodes won the Royal rumble, which meant that he, if you win the Royal rumble, you get to, choose which champion you want to take on to uh to challenge and so he at won WrestleMania. And he, yeah and, and at wrestlemania so he okay. went and he won her last year he won the royal rumble and then he got a chance to beat roman reigns but you know in typical Roman reigns fashion they cheated him and and it prolonged it and a lot of people were really upset i thought it was the right call i was like yeah you know keep it going you know keep that chase going so this year it comes down to it and it's like it's it's CM Punk and it's Cody Rhodes in the finals of the uh, the final two guys in the Royal Rumble and Cody Rhodes wins and CM Punk gets injured. Meanwhile, we had that whole Vince McMahon thing happen, mm-hmm. which included Brock Lesnar in it, which means that Brock Lesnar is not going to be in. He wasn't in the Royal Rumble and he's not going to be at WrestleMania. He's probably never going to step foot in the ring again. We'll, we'll see. So. Everybody's like, okay, like Cody's going to have his chance to rematch against Roman Reigns. Like, you know, even when he won the championship, he got up onto the corner and he pointed at the WrestleMania sign. And then he goes over and he points to Roman Reigns with his entourage up in the VIP box. And he and he literally shouts, you, you, Roman Reigns, you, because he gets to choose between him or to either fight Roman Reigns or to fight Seth Rollins. Mm -hmm. And so it comes to Friday Night Smackdown. It's in Birmingham, Alabama, and 
Roman Reigns comes to the ring because Seth Rollins made his pitch for, you know, Cody, come and challenge me. And then Roman Reigns came in and did his whole shtick. So Cody Rhodes comes into the ring. He, you know, everybody's going wild for him. He talks about how how hard he's worked and how how you know, you've you've cheated me in the past, blah, 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 blah. I'm not here to just take away your championship. I'm coming here to take everything from you. I'm going to take your legacy. I'm going to take your blah, blah, blah. He just like lays this really great promo down and then finishes with, but not at WrestleMania. Exactly. That's the reaction. Yeah, where where else are you going to do it? And, and he's like, because I've been talking to other people in the business. And, well, you know, I talked to somebody who really knows you well. And then, boom, the music for The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, starts and he comes to the ring. And it was the most pathetic, sad thing I've ever seen, because basically he comes to the ring and, you know, um, get, comes in. Everybody, the crowd's going wild because it's Birmingham and they're like starstruck by 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 yeah, Dwayne Johnson. But like Dwayne goes and he shakes Cody's hand and Cody's like got that like he's got that FU face on like he's and right, just like correct yeah, me if I'm wrong but, but the rock has always been a baby face, right? He was a heel at times, but I mean when he comes back cuz he's Mr. Hollywood now, he's yeah. definitely always a baby face now. Okay. And although it's funny cuz you go back through like clips from before, the last time he was at WrestleMania wrestling was against John Cena. And John Cena laid some promos down on him that now seem pretty prescient because he was calling him out for being a part timer, not not showing up to like fan events, not actually helping the business and just kind of showing up and doing his thing and going away. <clears throat> so so Cody does gives him the shake of the hand. Rock leans in. He whispers something to him. You know, it's like. Not your time, kid. You know, something like that. Because like the, the whole thing, there's like a whole meme about like Cody Rhodes. I'm going to finish the story. I'm going to finish the story. Mm -hmm. And so Cody Rhodes goes to get out of the ring. He's got his suit on. And, you know, there's this little this, these subtleties, like little, little, little movements that do, do that say so much. And as he's going out, he just does one of these, like just a little nose flick and then goes and gets out of the ring. Walks around, takes it in from the crowd, goes out, and then there's a stare down between The Rock and Roman Reigns, and then it ends the show. So those the two people, are going to fight at WrestleMania? Is that yes? Is it's that... going to be Roman Reigns versus The Rock at WrestleMania. Who fucking and people cares are going to be The Rock? Pe people are pissed off. Well, so get this. So when Vince McMahon got removed or took himself out of the the board of directors at WWE, they announced two new people that were added and one of them was Dwayne the, the Rock Johnson. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is is I'm going to say a waning star. I mean, yeah, he still can oh, yeah. draw money, but he's a waning star. He hasn't like his television show got canceled. Uh his you know, he he the the Fast and the Furious franchise is kind of on its way out but it's and it's not the fast and furious isn't even his i mean he's a no but it started dying character. when he came in right yeah. so and then no uh, i wouldn't say it was dying when he came in i mean no his fast five was where it like really but peaked. but eight was where it really peaked and uh -huh. then he wasn't in nine because they made it they put him in his own movie and that movie was a piece right. of crap uh, I've never seen a single one, so I, I can't comment oh, you're on missing that out. franchise. They <laughs> I are. I am. <laughs> they are. Oh, you know what? I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to do a podcast special series 
where I find someone who's never watched any of the Fast and Furious movies and you watch one of you. So you watch Fast and Furious one, right? The Fast yeah. and the Furious. Yeah. And then you try and predict what happens in Fast and Furious 11. that's coming out like next year. <laughs> and then you watch Fast and Furious 2 and you try you and too predict. Fast, too Furious? <laughs> yeah, you try and predict what happens in 11. And the thing is, no matter how crazy you go, you will never, never predict get... what happens in these movies. <laughs> well, I know that there's a car that goes to space at some point, but um, they, uh, well, and, and also, like, I mean, you, you can't totally put the death of the DC cinematic universe on oh, him. You could put a bunch of it on him, though. But you could put a big chunk on him. I mean, you know, like the Flash didn't help. I mean, he and, was a producer uh, on that Black Adam movie, and he was adamant that it be what it was, and then it was a huge flop. <laughs> well, and that doesn't surprise me because, so he's, I mean, he still gets paid. Like, he gets paid a lot of money for what he does. And so I don't know how much you know about, like, you know, the 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 business of Hollywood, but, like, you know, which talent agency you're with matters a lot mm -hmm. and if you ever watched entourage did you ever watch entourage i did entourage? not i i enjoyed it for a while it's i mean it's it's degenerate i probably wouldn't watch it now but like <laughs> it it <clears throat> in it jeremy piven plays a character named ari gold and ari gold is basically their version of a, a real life guy named ari emmanuel and Ari Emanuel is the brother of Rahm Emanuel, who is the formerly of Barack Obama's uh, right hand man and the mayor of Chicago. Yeah. And Ari Emanuel is the head of CAA or Creative Artists Agency, which is the biggest talent agency in the world. So Ari Emanuel's group was the one that bought wwe so they was the same group that also bought ufc so ufc and wwe are under one banner now called tko holdings and so the head of tko holding tko holdings is ari emmanuel who just happens to be the agent of dwayne the rock johnson part of the package for dwayne the rock johnson to come in as you know come in as a as a board member included a bonus of if he returns to the ring in a, in a, in a meaningful capacity, he gets a three, uh, $30 million payday. Oh, so they have and a Ari Emanuel gets, you know, 15%. He gets his, he gets his cut. He yeah. gets his cut. Four and a half. Now the weird dollars. thing is, is that there was rumors ahead of time before the sale of WWE to TKO holdings that there was actually a buyer. It was going to be the Saudis. So there was a Saudi group that wanted yeah, to buy that. them. And the price they were going to pay was way higher than what TKO played, played out. So right after TKO takes over, shortly after that, that's when like the Vince McMahon scandal hits. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's almost like, you know, there's some weird timing on that. Either this, You think that's either, weird? You don't think that that is constructed? I mean, I think that's obviously constructed. Uh, allegedly, uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they got so powerful lawyers. I haven't listened to uh, Saturday's episode yet, but as far as like the Vince McMahon scandal goes, and that yeah. woman being like, he was creepy and and weird to me, and like sexual harassment, like you knew what was going on, you knew what was happening there, and and only now, now that it's convenient for someone else, uh, yeah, to get I'm rid of him. I'm still glad she's outing him. 
I'm yeah, still no, glad she's out no, again. I'm not saying he's not a, a pervert and a creep. Oh, he's horrible. I just yeah. I hate that um that there are these women that will be they're totally fine with these types of of quote predatory relationships until a time where it's been a official to them to not be okay with it now well that it's in the she past. lays it out she lays it out i mean if she's telling the truth he was grooming you know and i think there's a big part so in the last episode i mentioned that uh, like we talked a lot about how fatherhood or fatherlessness is a big portion of why vince is the way he is yeah. and that like we went into vince's backstory and the thing is, is that so he she if you read the document, it's it's a it's a long, lengthy and it's 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 one of those dreadful documents where you're reading it. and You, you know, the ending. And so you're just like, oh, oh, and you're going through it and like, you know, in it. She, she, OK, so, you know, he lived in the same building as her. Her parents had died. She hadn't got the t- job experience because she was tending to her parents. The building manager introduced her him her to him to see if he could get her a job at WWE. He, he said, yeah, I'll get, you know, I can definitely get you a job. And he took a shining to her. And, but every time he would like, she would go to meet with him to like, kind of discuss like ahead of time, like when she goes to like a interview or something like that, he was real creepy. He was all about like hugging, like long hugs. And he would show up in the, to the door in his underwear. I mean, it's like, yes, all the signs are there right from the get go. But we need to teach our daughters that when you meet a billionaire and he takes a shining to you and he thinks you've got great ideas, chances are <laughs> yeah. he doesn't think you have good ideas and he's setting you up for something. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, this guy's saying, uh, yeah, Craig is saying the Vince stuff is only coming out because he stopped paying the bribe money. Vince has a habit of backing out of agreements when it suits him. Absolutely true. Um, Stampede Wrestling, the the Hart family. When I was growing up in Calgary, they had sold to Vince McMahon, and they were uh, he they were going to keep it alive so that they would get to be a part of trying to you know be basically being a feeder system for the for the WWF. And he uh, he just stopped paying them. Just stopped paying. And so in this case, <clears throat> I mean. He defecated in her hair. He, um, he, you know, he, he defecated in her hair. He, he used, he used, uh, adult toys that he named after different wrestlers. Um, he, he pawned her off. Like the thing is, is like he was trafficking her and she, you know, she felt like she was in a real bind. Again, we either take her at her word or we take the guy who writes fake fighting at his word, I don't know. It's it's weird, but like there, it, where there's smoke, there's fire. So when they did this thing, they got like they, there's something like twelve to seventeen million dollars in like hush money he's been paying out for years. But what she did is she he forces her to sign an NDA. She signs the NDA, which apparently isn't binding. But he uh, he forces her to sign the NDA. He say, he claims that it's it's for three million dollars. He pays $1 million and then welches on the remainder. And I think that has a lot to do with it, too, on the timing. I mean, she probably would have backed away. But like, mm-hmm. this is the kind of guy we're talking about here. This is the kind of guy that we're talking about. So he gets he gets pushed out the door. You know, you know he, he resigns. He'll probably find his way back. He's not going to prison. He should, but he he won't. Um, well, he, they but, can't take him to prison. He looks too much like uh, Leslie Neal. Not Leslie Nielsen. Um 
He, he looks too much like uh, Buford T. Justice in Smoking the Bandit now. <laughs> You've seen this mustache, Vince, yeah. now, hey? It's, it's, yeah. it's pretty epic. All he needs is the hat and the glasses, and he'll, he will be Buford Justice. So, so The Rock comes back. He makes his big appearance. There's a huge creative team, and the Triple H, who is married to Vince's daughter, who isn't speaking to her own father, who who has barred him from seeing his own grandchildren. So he was a head of creative, Triple H, and apparently like, he'd been building this story of Cody Rhodes this whole time, and The Rock used his veto power, allegedly, and just basically inserted himself into the main event and pushed the whole thing aside. So the whole thing of finish the story, yeah, we're not going to finish the story. Likely not going to finish the story. And we're not going to finish it properly because what you just did is you just buried the Royal Rumble. You buried the other title. You buried mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes. You buried WrestleMania. <laughs> you know, and like you buried any trust that we would have over the storytelling of it. it it's it's ridiculous. Um, and you ever seen is, like... like- would it really have hurt for it for them to wait another year to do this and and like to finish this story in? and start a new one? Yeah. Well, okay. Right? If, don't you feel like that would be like you know it, it's it's t- a television show, right? This this season's over. We finished the Cody Rhodes story, and now we're gonna like do the big come the Rock comeback story. So this is getting like mainstream coverage. It's getting like you know it's getting covered in like USA Today. It's getting covered in like ESPN. It's it's getting it's getting a lot of coverage. TMZ, all these things are talking about. Like it was trending. It's still trending. Like we want Cody is still trending on Twitter like big time. But the thing is, is that like they're they're now trying to claim that they knew they were going to go in this direction before the Royal Rumble, which begs the question. Well, why didn't you just put the rock in the Royal Rumble and have him win mm-hmm. so that he's the one that takes it from Roman Reigns? And then Cody Rhodes has to like fight from that. And then maybe he gets him next year. But by just going, you know what? Um, I'm not going to do it this year. Here you go. You just made him into like a wrestling cuck, you know, like yeah. it, 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 <clears throat> that's what you did. And so people are pissed off. And here's the thing. So. I, I talk with Sully all the time. We have a rest. We have, we have a group where we talk with a, a couple of other guys who have done booking and we're booking our shows now, like the, you know, the wrestling in Paraguay. I'm not an owner of this or anything like that. I just kind of help Sully out with his shows, but you know, I help out with some of the creative when he's doing it. And um, <clears throat> I said to him, I was like, cause we were talking about like, who would you book? How would you have booked it? And I think there's a completely obvious one that they completely biffed on. I mean, the rock clearly should have not gone and taken Cody out of the thing. You've got WrestleMania is now two nights. So you have the opportunity to do two different main events. Should you want to do it that way? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know this, but like one of the big stars of WWE, who's now the current United States champion is Logan Paul, the, the podcaster boxer, you know, e-celebrity. Wow. Okay. And Logan Paul is, you know, like he's also a heel in the show. He plays himself like he's, he's, he's Logan Paul. Mm -hmm. Logan Paul in the past had a relationship with Dwayne, the rock Johnson, when he was still like coming up as like one of the top podcasters or video YouTubers or whatever, he would actually have 
like many many times he had videos with Ro- with the rock he had instagram posts with the rock and then the whole japan thing happened where he, he was in japan and there was that the whole thing with the dead forest. body yeah what's that in the suicide forest that's right that's yeah. right and so the rock through his agents reached out to logan paul to basically say to him we're cutting ties and we'd like you to remove all your posts that have anything to do with you and the rock from your social media. So he did. And then the rock never talked to him until he got big again and famous again. And started to, and he came back in the WWE and was getting on top and had his prime energy drink and all that kind of stuff. And then apparently the rock slid into his DMS and was like, Hey bro, what's happening? Like as if nothing happened. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of Logan Paul. Just, just putting that out there. I don't like him. I think he's, he's awful, but, He's money, right? And yeah. and the thing is, is that so they have a real life beef because Logan Paul just was like, I'm not. He didn't respond. He was he was like, Look, you you totally bailed on me at my lowest point, and now you're you know now you're coming in because I'm back on top. Because uh, I, I I heard that he might even be pressing like Joe Rogan as like the number one downloaded podcast in the world right now, which is weird. But that I don't think that's true. It could just be his own hype, but. Mm-hmm. That's who you book The Rock against. That's who you book The Rock against. The Rock versus Logan Paul. That's an obvious choice. Logan yeah. Paul and him have a real-life beef. You could build that story for a while. Do you know how many normies, non-wrestling fans, that would like tune in to see The Rock versus yeah. Logan Paul? But you put them against Roman Reigns, who's like his family or something. It's just mind-numbing how bad the booking is. And so when I, when I was saying to you before, we should talk about do the right thing. It's like... They didn't do the right thing. They did the wrong thing. They did the greedy thing. They did what was best for The Rock. They didn't do what was best for the business. They didn't do what was best for the fans. He claimed he was doing it for to save WrestleMania. It's like, Dwayne, WrestleMania has been sold out. It's sold out like within six weeks of like going on sale. Like it's, it's, they've got fifty seven thousand seats sold to both shows. Holy it's sold crap! Out. So, what are you doing? You're just in it for yourself, and. It's really because we talked about this in the last episode, like with Vince McMahonhood, we were talking about effeminacy. So effeminacy is those who do that, which is pleasurable, that gives them derives them pleasure in exchange for doing that, which is the right thing to do, but is hard or arduous. Mm -hmm. And this is it. The Rock could have worked. He could have worked Royal Rumble. He could have worked through like worked through a proper story. But no, he just strapped a rocket on his back and leapfrogged into the into the into the main event scene. He didn't do what was right. And it was effeminate. Sorry, the rock is effeminate. <laughs> Dwayne, the rock Johnson is totally effeminate. So, well, he probably um, has steroid shrunken balls. So I yeah, I don't want to get into a, a big a big thing about the rock. But I mean, it's not looking good. He's not looking like a he's not looking like a good person through all this. So. Yeah. Um, well, so, yeah, it's, uh, it, I, I think there's a lot with the people like the rock and the celebrity in general, there's a lot of drive to like create face and uh, show, show that face. And, and sometimes you're concealing, you know, the, the problems that are underneath. I think that that's like one of the themes of this show is, is talking about how, what if instead of trying to preserve face all the time, like we just had, uh, we were respected because we were honest and, and truthful people. When you fuck up, you just say like, hey, I, I fucked up a little bit. 
and in like a high trust and low context society, you can say like, Hey, I messed up. I messed this up. You know, we have this problem. Uh, Vince McMahon is a terrible person. We're going to try and move, move past that. And, and people would say, yeah, let's, let's all try and move past that. Whereas you try and do this, this kind of like face thing where you bring the rock back and you make him a hero again. Like, he, what he's got to be almost 50 now like yeah i mean like he looks he looks like he's in shape but the funny thing is is that show muscles aren't worker muscles again that's right? it's all face yeah yeah so he's gonna get gassed like real early in the match like if he's not working in a ring he's not in ring shape he's gonna look terrible yeah thankfully roman reigns works a very slow match but it's not gonna make up for it people the, the fans are gonna suffer the fans are gonna suffer for this uh, yeah, you know, because absolutely. they're going to they, they've they've already bought their tickets. They were expecting Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns and they didn't get it. So, you know, it's just like. I can't believe that we're stuck in this position right now where, you know, I, I shouldn't be complaining about it. It's It's still just wrestling. But there's a big part of me that wishes that. The WWE would just die. Yeah, I think it's time. I yeah. really wish that the WWE would just die and and not saying I'm like pro AEW. I want territories to come back. And I know I've been told that'll never come back. But I think, you know, because I love indie wrestling when I was back home. I like going to I, I work shows in Vancouver. I work shows in Calgary. I work shows in um, Portland. Work shows in, you know, different areas. I like that. There's a regional aspect to it. So back in the day, the um, for example, like Larry or sorry, Jerry, Jerry Lawler, the reason why Andy Kaufman chose Memphis to be the, the wrestling company that he would go and work in is because Memphis was the most crazy story driven territory in the country. Yeah. It made sense. And I would love that because then essentially you know, if if you get a guy like The Rock who who maybe people want to see or maybe people don't want to see, you could have him go from town to town or do those, you know, like if if it's not working in this territory, send him to the other one and then he starts anew and everything works. So it's but, you know, that's never coming back because everything is like is corporatized and homogenized. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like I was um, I was with doing a landing page for a company that was uh, buying the assets from a bankrupt and another company that went bankrupt. And this is a company that at one point in time was close to a billion dollars and then ended up being um, ended up being like going bankrupt. And so this other company came in and bought their assets that they had spent $300 million of R&D on and got them for like less than a million bucks. Mm -hmm. And I... I was trying to find other examples that were like that. And it was hard to find them. But, uh, you know, in the process, I was looking at it and it's like, for example, there was this big, you know, miracle that happened to hostess brands. You know, the guys who make Twinkies. Mm -hmm. So there was a period of time where Twinkies weren't even being made anymore. And people were in an uproar. They're like, where can I get Twinkies from? And um, and so these uh, these smart guys kind of came in and they bought it for, I think, three hundred fifty million. The, the, the assets and everything like that. And then they ended up like spinning it into a new company, marketing it right, taking care of it. And now it's just gotten sold to Smucker 
or JB Smuckers for like close like six point five billion dollars, right? So they they made their money back big time. But the one that we were talking about actually was Marvel. I was talking to my buddy about Marvel. So in the nineties, not a lot of people know this, but Marvel was like basically on its deathbed, mm-hmm. and it was it was so close to being done. And there was a smart investor that came in and basically kept it on life support and then like worked it out so that because they knew there was some good assets there. But at the time, like in the 90s, like there were sci-fi movies and there was there was some action flicks, but there wasn't that market yet for the cape shit. Mm -hmm. And so once the cape shit came in, because like by the time Disney bought Marvel, that was after Iron Man. Was that was after the Avengers. It was it was right before the Avengers. Right. Yeah. So they they had like rebuilt the brand billion. But this guy, like basically this group got Marvel for like pennies on the dollar. And so everybody talks about like, yeah, they like Disney bought Marvel for four billion. They've probably they probably got maybe about what, 20 billion, 25 billion so far from just Marvel movie box offices and stuff. But, you know, I hope to see I hope to see WWE die because it's just so managed poorly. Go ahead. Going back to that, like buying a brand and building it. Speaking yeah. of The Rock, uh, that is one of the. So you talked about how he always gets paid. One of the the a big thing that celebrities are doing now, uh, The Rock among them, is they'll like buy these small brands and then use their fame to build them and then sell them. So like one of the big ones was um, Ryan Reynolds bought Aviation Gin which was like this nothing distillery, I think out of Portland. And right. then, you know, put a, put a, a amount of money into it to build it up and advertise it and then use his celebrity to build its brand reputation and then sold it for like 10 times what it's worth. And he's doing you the same thing that? with Mint Mobile right now. The Rock did it with like a tequila and a couple other businesses. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of them. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd did that with a tequila. Crystal with a vodka. vodka, yeah. Yeah, and... Actually, the guy who did the best off of that, I thought, was 50 Cent. Didn't 50 Cent make a ton of money off of, like, vitamin water back in, like, the early 2000s? Something like that. I think, I think he made, like, way more money off of his vitamin water than he did ever as a rapper. Yeah. And, you know, so it, I mean, if I'm creative artists and I want my 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 client to do well, that would be a, probably a good business decision. Mm-hmm. Say, so, yeah, yeah, let's get you... Let, Let's get you to buy some something like that's kind of flailing. Actually, it's funny because we had um, so uh, over Christmas, <clears throat> I had Stu on and we did uh, we did commentary over It's a Wonderful Life. And so It's a Wonderful Life was actually a it was in the public domain for like 30 years. Mm-hmm. And it, and then what ended up happening was blockbuster video bought the rights to the story that uh, uh, that it was based on. And then they, they use their legal arm to say any derivative products that come from the story are still under copyright. And then they've sold that. And it got sold down a few times. And now it's with NBC. And NBC, while I was doing my stream, they there was a flag and it, got, it cut the stream completely. So that means that YouTube has built in its algorithms it knows the songs. It knows that it knows the credit yeah. sequence. It knows everything that's going into it. And it's, it's ridiculous. Cause it's like, that was in the public domain for quite a while. We talked over it. We stopped it lots of times throughout it. 
it's been on TV. Most people know of it because it was in the public domain. That was what, what the the regional television networks would be able to play it for free and do you know get, get people to have some holiday programming. Yeah. Also, a Christmas movie that does have a mention of our the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> the uh, in- It's a Wonderful Life does. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, through um, the kids are preparing for a Christmas pageant at the end, and they're they're asking how to spell like Bethlehem, and they and then they're singing. They're singing. Uh, hark the Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King, Jesus Christ our Lord. Yeah, you know, like they they actually mention him. So that that chalk chalk that one up for a Chaco approved, totally fine Christmas movie. But I will eventually try to find another one for next year when I do a Christmas movie. Um, and I will find one that actually is truly in the in the public domain. But there was some slim pickings, man. And I ain't doing Santa Claus versus the Martians. <laughs> but uh, to, answer, um, to answer Mr. Kill Everything's question, I'm smoking a Cohiba Blue. Oh, oh, yeah. I didn't put that on the screen yet. Yeah. Cohiba is my favorite of the Cuban cigars. Yeah. Hey, how do you get a cute Cohiba blue there? How does that work? I thought the U.S. was. Oh, they're, allowed to they're get... not. They're they're Ecuadorian. They're not. Ah, actually okay. Cubans. Gotcha. Gotcha. Whereas I got these guys, which are you know, uh, like the Paraguayan special. It's like five bucks. You get like forty of them in a bag, and they're all they're all natural, and they work out uh, work out okay on my end. But yeah. Um. I, I do get Cohibas when I get a chance when I go into uh, Asuncion, but I can't get them out near me. Uh, basically, if I was a cigarette smoker, I'd be fine out here, but I am not a cigarette smoker, never will be. So, uh, but you're missing yeah, out. Yeah, man. So, um, have you ever had anything at, like when we're saying about do the right thing? Have you ever had any times where you have had to do the right thing, like at work or, or like oh, do something yeah. that was going to like really hurt you to, be honest about it, but did it anyway. Just a couple months ago, uh, the glass studio, I discovered that they had. So, you know, I, I work, I work as a bartender and then I also work, I'll narrate demos. When I narrate the demos, I get paid a hundred dollars. It's like an hour, hour and a half of work. Pretty good deal. I just mm-hmm. use that to pay for more studio time. And so I got, uh, you know, my biweekly check or how often they come. And I got paid for three demos that I had done that month and deposited the check and then a couple weeks later i got a you know the next check and i i got paid for three demos on that and i didn't really think about it but i had deposited the check at work and so i had the the previous check was like sitting on my dresser and then the other check was sitting at, on my desk at work because i like you know use my phone to to deposit oh, yeah, it you guys can do that yeah just left it on my desk not thinking about it and so uh, maybe a week or more went by but one day like while I was getting dressed in the morning, I saw I saw the the one check, and then the, later in the day, I'm standing at my desk and I see the other check, and I thought, I think these are the same dates on this on this thing. So I went and and brought the other one home and compared the two, and sure enough, I had been paid three hundred dollars twice for two um two you know the same set of demos two times, and. So I went and took my check in, both checks in, and I was like, "Hey guys, look, you you double paid me for these two, these three demos twice." Uh, so however you want to handle you, this, though, down the yeah. road because you can look at yourself because there's just there's ty- there's a type of people out there like 
you're like, ha, 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 I got away with one. You know, it goes back to the whole I trust low cut, low trust thing. Like, hoo, 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 I pulled well, this one off. That was the thing. I So I was talking to someone about it and the same thing had happened to them. Like the accounting person had made a mistake and like just double paid this whole two weeks of, of demos. And so that person had also been double paid and was like, oh, don't don't do it. Don't say anything because then they'll catch all of us. And I was like, I am trying to purloin my part time job here into yeah. a full time job here. So I would right. much rather walk into an interview for a future job and be like, hey, remember that time I gave you back three hundred dollars for no reason? It'll help the cause. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and so I, I didn't go in there and be like, hey, you double paid everyone. Like I, I could have done that. That probably been the more right thing to do. But, you know, I don't want to necessarily screw over someone who really needed that extra hundred dollars while I don't. So, I, you know, there's a there's a line there of, of what how right was I and what I did. But I did enough that I didn't feel bad about it. Yeah, I, I had a similar sort of thing with uh, one of my clients. Well, my, my primary client, I bill them quarterly. And so they send me a transfer and it's usually a, you know, it's a good chunk of change because it's like three months of pay all at once. And uh, it was shortly after I got down here to Paraguay. And I thought that they could transfer directly from Canada to Paraguay, but they didn't have something set up. And in order to receive into Paraguay, I can't send Canadian dollars. They need to be transferred into U.S. dollars before they can be brought. So I sent the guy. Uh-oh. He's had another power hiccup. Now he's frozen. Then we go. We're back. We're back. Okay. Yeah. So I told him, I told him to, uh, to, to, okay, when he told me he couldn't send it to to Paraguay, I said, "Okay, just send it to my Canadian account, and we'll we'll flip it over there." So he took my Canadian amount and paid me in U.S. dollars that amount. The so like way more than mm -hmm. what it what it should have been. And I, I noticed it right away, and I told him right away, and then he was like, he was like. Um, he was like, okay, don't worry about it. We'll catch you on the next one. We'll just kind of dock whatever the, the, the difference was on the next one. So when the next one came, he forgot and did that again. So I actually just to him the, the difference. And it's just like those kind of things you got to do. Because the thing is, is that like, what are you supposed to do afterwards? Like play dumb mm -hmm. or like, ha, 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 it's your fault. Like who does that? And like, right. So I, on the old show, I, I, I think I talked a lot about my crappy neighbors. Well, it's coming to a head. It's getting really nasty, really nasty now. Because it turns out when I bought my property, I bought four and a half hectares. It was all in the title. It was all totally covered. They went through. There's no liens. There's no entitlements. There's no, no, no encumbrances or anything like that. Nothing is on there. It's totally clean and clear. But I was told that the people that were living over there, that they had a private contract that said they have the right to stay there. And they were just working on partitioning it out to get it into their own land title. Mm -hmm. But they didn't do it over 17 years. And so what ended up happening was I got sold the thing. I got told that there was a private contract. Turns out there isn't. They have no documents. They have nothing. So legally, I can kick them to the curb. 
legally I have the right, like they have squatters rights sort of, but they would have had to have filed on that before they would have had to prove it before. And they didn't, they don't have the money to do it. And like, I looked at the market value. I looked at everything and I was like, I went to them. I was like, look, you have to go, but I'm going to give you more than market value for this. And you will be able to buy another piece of land anywhere near us and or, or just not directly near us. And they didn't understand that. And so they're basically playing hardball to the point of like basically saying, just kick us off then go ahead and try. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't, I, so I'm trying to figure out what is the right thing to do because I should just, I, I sh, you know, I, they've been jerks the whole time, but it's like, we're talking about like senior citizens and then their, their kids and their grandkids. I, I can't stand their kids and their grandkids, but the senior citizens, look, they won't have that long left. And so it's not like, you know, it's, it's not like they got, they can go to work and get something going. They, they're, they're living off of like basically welfare. So we came up with the other idea. Cause it's like, every time I talk to them, they're like, you can buy another piece of land. So today I spent a good chunk of my time in the afternoon looking around, finding lots that are in this general vicinity, and I'm just going to buy the lot and give it to them. And on the condition, you got to just take your stuff. Just take yeah. your I'll clean the get rest of shit your and stuff get out. and go. Because they burn their garbage. They poop in the woods. They throw their garbage over onto my side of the of the fence. They play loud music all the time. They're they're just the worst. They're just mm-hmm. the like. And when I mean loud, okay, like I maybe it's just my European heritage in me <laughs> or something. But like I don't I like loud music, but not like that loud. Like I don't there's this thing about Paraguayans and other people, other cultures where they can play music like at least five times louder than the rest of us can, because it's just like they treat it like they're at Woodstock, but like, you know, they're just at their own house. Like it, it's ridiculous. These guys will play it so incredibly loud. I think I told you before, before on the other show. Yeah. I ended up having to blast uh, the immigrant Immigrant song song. at them. Yeah. Yeah. When I was going back, going back and I've had to do that a few times now. The last time I, last time I had it, I played uh, Basement Jack's Where's Your Head At? Because I thought that would be a really n- annoying song to wake up to hungover. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just like they're the worst, but I, I, they're not so bad that I am going to literally bulldoze their homes and give them nothing. I, I, sh- I kind of should. should, but I, 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 but I couldn't live with myself if I did that. I, I just yeah. couldn't live with myself. So we're going to make it work. You know, I'm basically saying to them, like, you can either take the money that I would use to buy this lot or I'm going to buy the lot and you're going to just have to go to it. And that's it. Like, and, and I'll put the title in your name. You'll actually have an asset that you never had before. You'll actually yeah. have an asset and you could put modern plumbing in. Classic I'll buy white a lot man that, moves that? into classic white man moves into a, a native population and trails, a trail of tears them right out of their homes. <laughs> I legally bought it. <laughs> they, their family legally sold it to the guy I bought it off of, and the, this this one guy's the holdout. Ugh. It'll be so great when they're gone. <laughs> man, oh man! I uh, speaking of the right thing, you know, it, I've been doing a lot of research on solar panels and solar mm-hmm. power, 
And it's like, I'm looking into it for like logistics, not for like morality. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it for any of that. It's just like literally like the reason why I, I got bounced from the, the stream at the beginning is because the power is not, it's, it's, it's very poorly handled mm-hmm. ever since the election happened. I don't know what they've done. I think they've restructured who's where in there and they are so incredibly incompetent now that now we're having literally a power outage a day. Just like literally like I've, I've turned into Kenya, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like we're getting, we're getting brownouts all the time. It's just, it's, I, I'm feeling the third world and it's like, okay, all right, let's get over this. So I, I once I'm done kicking my neighbors off to the curb, I will, uh, I will uh, probably look into getting solar power and stuff like that. But even that, I was actually looking into it for like health purposes to see like, you know, it was like it, having a bunch of panels on your roof. Is that bad for your health? Is that it, mm-hmm. what's the power like? Because like the power supply here is so terrible that like when I was wearing my CPAP machine, it would like it would actually partially be electrocuting my face all night long. So I, I ended up having to buy like a battery that you would take like camping, like mm-hmm. one of those big portable ones, like big heavy battery. And so I charge it during the day and then I run my machine through it at night and I unplug it so that basically even if there's a power outage, I won't know. I'll just sleep right through it and everything will be good. But yeah, man, how are, how are you? Uh, how are you doing in the post? Here's what I don't get phase now that you've been out for for a f- few months now. Do you miss it? Six, six months or so. Yeah. Um. I mean, I miss the camaraderie of it. Uh, I I thought that I would be like a lot more um, pent up with aggression. Ah, but you're not you're not pent up with aggression anymore. No, I've 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 been. Um, you lost sixty pounds of aggression. Yeah, I've <laughs> I've been uh, relatively calm in my life, and and I've definitely like gone through some trials with. Uh, work and my personal life and and, getting injured and um you know when the show was going on that was like my outlet for a lot of my frustrations in life and now i find a little bit more in glass working working in glass and Mm. um i have a lot more free time to to go spend time with my friends and do that and um so like and and some of some of the things I was doing were not as as uh, constructive as they could have been. So that was one of the things I did at the beginning of this year was like try and reframe um, some of my my life choices. So like I decided that I'm not going to drink until my birthday, partially to lose weight, partially to like reset my relationship with alcohol, mm-hmm. uh, partially because I figure losing um, you know sixty. 80 pounds is like the final goal, the total. Uh, when I do drink again, I won't be, I won't have this, like I will have broken my tolerance by taking a break. And then I'll also break my tolerance by, by not having as much mass to store it. Right. So I won't, I will be able to go like drink and, and get a buzz and not have it take like a third of a bottle of whiskey to do that, which, that's, uh, is a lot less a good direction to go in. Yeah. Um, uh, and and like yeah so like I, i've there's definitely been struggles there was definitely a period of time there especially at the end of the year where i was like regulating my emotions through alcohol that i was like yeah i should probably stop doing this um 
but well you're looking good man you're looking healthy yeah. you got a better color to your skin maybe it's the the nebulas behind you but you you know you you look like you're in a good headspace i i'm in a pretty good headspace i mean like i said the, there's always there's always challenges and there's always things like i'd very much like to find a new job <laughs> <laughs> i'm very much i've very much been considering like departing theater as an industry for the last you know f- four or five months um and trying to so the right out, things on its way yeah hopefully trying to figure out how to do that in a way that i can get a a job that like maintains my current standard of living or leverages some of my skill set without having to sacrifice working a tremendous amount of hours again or taking a huge pay cut to the point where i can't go do the things that i do that are like my free time and the things that mm. i find enjoyment in because i I don't want to like work to live to work anymore. I really want to work to live. And that's been a good balance that I found this last year of, of really trying to commit to doing things that I want to do and not just doing the things that I've always done because I've always done them. It makes such a big difference. It really makes a big difference. Like I, I do work to live, but I was able to craft myself into a career that at least allows me a lot more free time mm-hmm. uh, than most people. And I get a chance to, you know, I, I, I work from home. We homeschool. I have breakfast, lunch, and dinner with my family every day. You know, like it's very rare for me to not have a meal with every member of my family, which is nice. Um, but at some point in time, like that's why I like looking at these you know, solar power, uh, getting the the animals and all this. Like, we've got 56 ducks now. Like, we have like 56. We started with seven. We have 56 ducks now. These Muscovy ducks, they reproduce like crazy. But um, they don't fly, right? They kind of do. They kind of hover. They, mm-hmm. But they don't really fly, fly. They yeah. And they, they're funny. And they don't quack either we had the like the mallards and stuff that we had from before like that come more like north american ducks like they were noisy they were funny like it was almost like every time they'd be quacking it sounded like they were telling jokes or laughing at the mm-hmm. chickens um we looked into we're looking into uh building hutches for like meat rabbits and you know like everybody like the second they hear meat rabbits like don't eat just rabbit you'll get like the the the, the rabbit disease or whatever the the the, the malnourishment mm-hmm. it's like yeah we're fine we've got other things we've got fish and i've got ducks and i've got uh we, we had to give up on the lambs uh that's that's just not going to happen uh but um actually meat rabbits is a way to go because apparently unlike chickens so you get pretty much like a chicken sized like you know carcass every time that you uh every time that you uh process them but you can you can feed them just grass you don't always have to buy them processed like feed yeah feed them just grass and they reproduce like crazy and like you don't have to you don't have to defeather them they're a lot easier to just skin and you know you can have it processed like really quickly so we're looking into that that's coming up my mom is coming to visit us in um in March. So I'll be seeing my mom for the first time since 2021, which is a wow, that's a, a while. That's a that's absolutely the longest time I've gone without, you know, seeing my mom in person. Like you know, video calls don't do it justice. 
And so she's coming down. We're really psyched about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, uh, um, I had to, during the hiatus period, I, I kind of had to give some thought about how I do this show, um, with the time difference. So I was like two hours ahead of Eastern standard time. So in order to get a good guest, right. I'd be like starting at like 11 PM my time and I'm still a dad and I still have to like get up in the morning with everybody. Mm -hmm. And it, and, and like, it just wasn't feasible. So I'm still looking at getting some guests. I got some fun guests that are kind of in the hopper to come in uh, in the next little while. But I was thinking maybe along the lines of, you know, here's what I don't get had the nice rotation. I would love to try to get something where I'm basically bringing in my favorite people. Uh, you know, get if, if, you know, if I have a chance to get you on once a month or if I get a chance, uh, Mr. Black's one of my favorite guys. Uh, and I'm glad he's basically my, uh, he's basically my Tim, the handle breaker. Yeah. You know, like he, he, he's a guy that I, you know, would, would go to war for, uh, you know, the kind of guy that, uh, you, you'd stay up talking for five, six hours straight and, mm -hmm. and it would just, you know, it's great. And then of course, Sully is, is, uh, is, you know, he, he'll be an easy regular. He's doing well down here. You, you know, we, we had that first show. Yeah. You, uh, Don Chaka returned to the ring. Don Chaka uh, returned well, to the ring. Weeks ago. That was crazy. Yeah, that was <laughs> not expect uh, that at all. You sent me that video, and the first version was all in uh, all in Guarani, right? And I was like, I have no. It was partly in Guarani, but it was, it's it was. I only did a little bit in Guarani, and then I did the rest of it in Spanish. Well, it was enough of a foreign language that I had no idea what was going on, other than the <laughs> right. like the. Uh, That's why I put the subtitles on the second on the, one. On the second one, yeah, and it I was, was like, clear. Oh, yeah, so you could on, understand man. what was going on. Man, it because like Luchando ended in 2015, so we're coming up on nine years since they saw me in the ring down here, and like these are not old wrestling fans, so like they would have been like kids, kids, yeah. And so when I came out of the curtain, I was expecting to have to explain, basically explain who the hell I am, and you know get get through it. I still did that, but I mean, like I, you know, I was expecting to have to tell everybody who I am. That did not need. I did not need that. I had. No I had a bigger rock. I had a bigger pop than the rock when I came out. <laughs> you know, yeah. Chanting my name. I'm like, you're not supposed to be chanting my name. I'm supposed to be a heel. <laughs> yeah, that was, was pretty, pretty cool. cool. But you know, and that was the thing when I did Luchando. There was a part of me that was hoping that that would be the thing, mm -hmm. that that I could live the thing, doing the thing that I love, and I realized. At the time, your work doesn't need to be the thing you love because when I was yeah. doing it, when I was doing it, it made me love it less. Yeah. It it made me love it less. It became a grind. It became all-encompassing. It was too much. So one of the things that I like about my job is that I've gotten it to the point where it's so automatic to me that, I mean, it doesn't haunt my sleep. I don't think about it outside of work time. Um occasionally i have to answer emails like i'm always on call basically but at the same time i can get it done quicker and then have time to go in my pool or i can get it done quicker and i can have time to go into town and you know go get groceries with no problem and all that kind of stuff like i i like it but you know like i'm i'm interested to hear how your story 
continues here as you look for a new work and figure yeah. out something that comes out. Because if you can get something that allows you to have that piece, that would be amazing. So you know? it's, it's, um, I went to the the studio, the Glass Studios Christmas party mm-hmm. in January. It was a holiday after the New Year party. But um, so uh, the, for lack of a better term, freshman glass blowers, we ended up all there at a table together hanging out and closing the place. But the owner joined us kind of later in the evening and he was talking to uh, the guy that was immediately to my right. And I just kind of like listened in on the conversation mostly. And, you know, he, he founded the studio. He was, he's a glass blower and, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he worked for 20 plus years blowing glass before they founded the studio. And it's been 20 years since they founded the studio. And in that time he was working as a, you know, making art but he doesn't so much do it and so he was talking about how um coming in and blowing glass doesn't thrill him anymore like it did when he was he was younger Mm. because when he when he's there there's always like business stuff that needs to be taken care of and so he can't focus on doing that but even then to you know he's when he's making the art he's making it for sale he's not making these things that are like self-fulfilling and right he said he really gets a lot more reward out of like keeping the the business aspect going and making sure the place stays open and, and creating and like having a place for us to come and make art. And that he's been really pleased of the, over the last year to see like all these new faces who are committed to coming at regularly and making things and selling things. And like that, that is so much more rewarding than him going in there and actually making, making one physical item. I like that. That's kind of yeah. a cool turnaround. I like and, that in that conversation, I was like, that's, that's the way I feel about theater now. Like I, I used to have this passion. I used to know viscerally in the part of my body that just knows things that that's Mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. And at some point, um, it stopped being true. And I'm not even really certain where that point was in my life, but there was a point where it was no longer like the doing it was no longer fulfilling. And so, you know, I, it was interesting to hear someone have that basically describing my exact situation, but like different nouns and adjectives. Could you ever uh, see yourself like running your own like theater? Hell no. No, never. Okay. Uh, like in a the, small town somewhere in Norway? The, the, no. The, I, I ran the union in Tulsa and, management doesn't appeal to me at all. I like the like hands-on in the moment solving of problems. That's what always in that was what what writing a play. Have you ever thought Um, about writing a play? I'm not a writer. uh, Okay. I, I I like like the challenge and, and solving the issue, the problem with like the limited time and the limited budget and the limited tools and like all those limitations and, and figuring out something that like services the story and functions well with the other people. And, uh, one of the things that I've found frustrating over the last five years is, you know, in moving to a more managerial role, I've be I've, I, you can't, I can't be the hands-on solution person as much. And then even, even when I am providing the solutions, like so much of my job is, is trying to solve the problems ahead of time. And the shows all have the same problems over and over again. And so there's no reward in solving the same problem for the 70th time. There was reward that, when I was, you know, 20 or 25 and solving a new problem. I know that time. feeling. And yeah. And in my craft as a scenic as a as a theater 
designer was always to like try and make the next one better than the last one every single time. And a lot of people don't work that same way, which I find extremely frustrating. And then, and now in a managerial sense, you know, I've solved this problem for client A and then client mm. B comes in and they have the same problem and I have to solve that it's problem boring. again. And then yeah. client B comes in and they have the same problem. And, and even if you try and tell them, hey, you have this problem uh, and I can fix it, that sometimes they'll fight you on that. Sometimes they'll take the solution, but then sometimes when they come back, they don't remember. And so right. then you're, you're back to client A again and you have the same issue. And it's like, if you would just listen for five seconds and make a note or you like you get a you build a good relationship with client A and then the person you're working with at client A leaves to go work for someone else and now there's a new person in client A and that yeah. person has their own ideas and now they're like well what if we did it this way like well we we tried that and it didn't work like oh well but I think it'll work this time like okay <laughs> let's try it again I don't have listen that. to me what could I possibly know I have that with clients that come in cuz they're you know, they're like, oh, I've been in the stock market doing this forever, you know, yada, yada, yada. You know, I've got all this experience. It's like, yeah, have you been writing like two to three articles every day for the last like 10, 15 years? Yeah. No, I didn't think you did. So, yeah, why don't you let me do what I do? And, uh, <laughs> and, and I'll tell you how it will work. I do know that feeling because the, there was a point in time where I would get these new things for my for my work because every time I get I started only writing about oil and gas. And then I was asked if I could learn how to do mining. And then I was asked if I could learn how to do tech. And then I was learn asked if I could, like, there was a period of time where it was like cannabis was a big thing. And then it was like all these different things. And at first I was like, no, I only write, I only write about oil and gas. And then it was like, okay, no, I only write about oil and gas. And I only write about mining. And then after a while I was like, okay, I've already learned how to do mining. So I should be able to learn other things. So I, kind of branched out because there was a period of time where I was like, I'm not going to write about blockchain. I'm not going to write about crypto. I don't, I don't want to do any of that. And then after a while it was like, actually, no, I'll just take on anything. I'll yeah. just, I'll learn it all. And you know, for a while it was a nice challenge. It was really interesting. I get these new things. I'd have to learn all about them. Now it's just all automatic. Uh, the only satisfaction I get from it is when I hit send and I don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah. Uh, people will bring up to me like, Oh, you know, like how many articles have you written on this subject? I'm like, I don't know, hundreds, like hundreds. Yeah. hundreds. Um, or they'll say, Oh, I'm can't, can't believe you turned that around so fast. And it's like, yeah, yeah I can. That's what <laughs> I do. Yeah it's, yeah. it's what, it's what I do. And you know, it's like, well, you know, give me some of your examples of your work. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I got to like look in my like file folder or something like, don't you have the links? I'm like, I never look up the links. You don't yeah. read your own. No, I don't. They're like, these don't have your name on them. Yeah. I don't even put my name on them anymore because I don't care. <laughs> yeah, the uh, some my crew is all young, new and eager theater people. And then mm -hmm. and then there's me. You know, I, I'm, I'll be 33 in a couple of months. I've been working in theater. I've been getting paid to work in theater since I was 16. I was working in theater before that. I've done hundreds of shows. Uh, yeah. I've done everything from one night stands as the only technical person on, uh, you know, a dance show in a, in a space and all the way to like big Broadway tours as, as a head lighting. You know, I've, I've done all kinds of things. And so they'll be talking about, the show we did last year and how this thing happened. And I'm like, I it's a blank that at all. 
And they're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Then they'll tell me about it. And I know I, I believe you. I just, I, as Don't soon remember. as the show's over, yeah. it's pretty much all gone. I, yeah. And that's actually like uh, one of my best friends is um, he's a concert. Uh, or he, he's in a, uh, he's a, in a symphony orchestra in Europe. <clears throat> and at one point in time, he was in the Philharmonic in Calgary. He plays the bass. And so there's times where I'm like, I'm asking him, like, have you, you know, have you ever played this? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And like, you go through all the things and it's like, have you, have you played that? Yes, I've played it. Like he, as much as you hate the Nutcracker, he hates it more. He hates it more um, because he's been playing it since he was 12 yeah. and he it's every year. And then, but it's funny. Cause like, even still, he still has favorites, even though he's played certain ones, like many times, he still has favorites. And I, I have to say I must I have I have to appreciate that. I think it's wonderful that you can play as many times as he has and still have favorites that you enjoy playing. Like you sent me a link to um a jazz a jazz band that plays Led Zeppelin covers. Yeah. And you know because <clears throat> if you think about it it's like if you're like Robert Plant or you're the Rolling Stones or something like you, they've got songs they have played so many times. Mm-hmm. How do you summon the energy to go out there and do it again? But I like that the, that, that jazz band did it. Cause it's like, clearly they're like skilled musicians. They know what they're doing. And then they're playing something they love. They clearly love Led Zeppelin. And yeah. there's enough Led Zeppelin bands out there that, to have as cover bands, but to do it their way. That was, I like that. It was an interesting thing. Like, yeah, um, so I went to the, I, I hate concerts. I, I white hot hate concerts. Uh, again, <laughs> I've gone to hundreds of concerts. Most of them I've been paid to go to uh, yeah. Tim, the handlebreaker. He loves going to concerts. He's like, he's out on tour working on stuff and he'll go to a concert after his show. And I'm, I'm just like, you're, you're out of your mind, but How old is, like, is cause he's like, my I, same age. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, because uh, I, I used to love concerts. I hate them now. Hate yeah, them now. but uh, so I found this this band, Jazz is Led, via Spotify because I was looking for genre covers. Uh, and I was specifically looking for jazz covers of, of popular music. And mm-hmm. so I found this band and I was like, I, I, I've always loved Led Zeppelin. I love jazz. And I listened mm-hmm. to a couple of their things and I was like, this is pretty cool. Uh, and then on Instagram, the city winery here, they, they were like, hey, uh, Jazz is Led is going to be playing at the City Winery on February 1st. And uh, I, I was, I immediately was like, I'm going to go buy, I'm going to go see this and play. And, you know, so uh, Dick Masterson describes the Great Magnet, and this is a, a true Great Magnet story. So their, their tickets go on sale. I buy a whole table because I don't want to sit with anyone. Uh, I don't want to sit with strangers ra- rather. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll find three people to go see this concert with. Um, and so I didn't look at the calendar to see what day it was. I just <laughs> bought the tickets. And so All then right. I finally look at the calendar and it's a Thursday, which is the day that I have a glass blowing class. And it's also one of the Thursdays that I'm supposed to skip class to go back to work and work a show because my my ATD can't work that Thursday. So I send the production manager a message and I'm, I ask her, Hey, I, I have this concert I want to go to on this day. Can you cover the show? And I can't cover the show. I have another, I have an event going on that I have to go to. And I'm like, oh, crap. I really want to go 
see this show. Um, and so I, I, my ATD, it's his night with his son and I don't want to have him work on one of those nights. And so we talk kind of, kind of briefly about the day. I'm like, I'm trying to figure this, this out. He's like, ah, oh, we'll see what happens. So the next day he comes into work and he's like, yeah, I was talking to my son's mom. She has something going on that, thir that Thursday. So we're trading Thursday for Friday so I can oh, cover nice. Thursday and you can go to the show. And How I was fun. like, that's perfect. That's exactly what I needed. So Love that. Um, find some people to go with. I expect that we're going to go to this show. I'm going to be loving it. And they're going to be sitting there like, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> uh everybody has a has a good time we find our way down to a speakeasy that's like underneath the venue uh and, and continue to have a good time it ended up being like a really great night and i was really happy that everyone else enjoyed it because i thought for sure it was just gonna be me just like this is awesome and then being like this is <laughs> some definitely something glad the tickets were free but but you had a good time. And you know what I also like is that, yeah, you went to a speakeasy after you're still not drinking and you still had a really good time. Like, yeah, that's a good that's a good sign that you come yeah. out the other end. That's a really good sign. Well, <clears throat> um, uh, I want to say real quick to anybody who's watching right now, most of you are commenting on YouTube. I know it's easier for you, but if you could, if you could just go into the comment, sorry, not in the comments, into the into the description of the videos. It's on any of my videos and you'll see all the different links for all the other different places. I mean, after YouTube bounced me uh, and uh, warned me, they didn't give me a strike, but the next time, the next time I get caught, I get like a whole week suspension and I would love to make sure everybody's like still around. And so I'm on rumble. I'm on Trovo. I'm on this uh, Twitch. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Vaughn. I'm on Odyssey. Um, all the links are in there. If there's any of those other platforms that you frequent or something, I would love it if you could just go and start watching on Rumble or start watching on um, any of the other ones because Rumble didn't kick me off when uh, when we were doing the It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, Odyssey didn't kick me off. So, you know, let's reward some of those other platforms for not being jerks if we can yeah. and and get them going. And if you aren't always around to like watch the show or, or catch it this way. We, we do have it on, well, I say we, as if, <laughs> as if there's a team behind me, but <laughs> it, the Royal, we, the editorial. Um, but you know, uh, any of the podcast platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple store app, all of them, you'll find the show. Just look up high trust, low context, and you can get it all in audio format only. And um, yeah, man, I just want to like, see if we can get people to loot to, to do the other things, but um, Oh dear. Okay. Mr. Kill other thing says, I like kick, but is being stupid and not letting me follow you. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot. I have kick as well. I think, yeah, Kick might have booted me or something because it's not even showing up anymore. But I'll get the I'll get that one sorted. Kick is all right. Um, Vaughn was supposed to be pretty good too. Um, you know, I it's just the way we are right now. I mean, there's a lot of good people that I've followed, and then you think they like just went away. It's like, no, they're just not on yep. YouTube anymore. Banned and from, yeah, this platform. And like, I don't have that many subscribers, so I'm still under the radar. But the fact that like it's a wonderful life got me booted. Um, just something to put out there. It'd be great to get other 
other things going. I'd love to see those other things. I, I also repost, repost everything on uh, BitChute uh, as well. But the, the problem with BitChute is they have a two gigabyte limit on their videos. So even after I do, like I try to make it as like low quality as possible, um, I still have a hard time like compressing it and getting it to, to go on there. So not every episode is on there. But if you could, that would be wonderful. I'd love it if we could get some you know, something not just YouTube uh, would be great. But I mean, again, if, if YouTube's your comfort zone and that's what's on your phone or on your 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 set top box or whatever you're watching things, Apple TV or Roku or something, that's cool, too. But just wanted to put that out there. I would love to see if we can get it so it's not just on YouTube because. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we're really broaching into real dark territory, although the Zach not King yet. episode the Zach, the Zach, King, the episode. Zach King episode was pretty wild. I, would you do it again? I want to bring him back. Yeah, I talked to him again. Yeah, I want to bring him back. He's uh, he's looking for support. He's he's going through a rough one. Like he's legally blind. He's had uh, he's he's had major health issues and stuff like that. So any help he could get his way, that would be great. But um, yeah, man, I've enjoyed this. We've been on for an hour and a half. I I didn't even come in with a raw, real topic. I just said like, let's talk about doing the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I I normally like to like prep, like do video things and try to do the background, but not this week. <laughs> <laughs> not this week. It wasn't gonna happen. Was, so and, and we got off to the hot the start where week. I where I bounced out, and that actually happened to me when um, I had E Michael Jones on. When I had mm. E Michael Jones on. Um, my internet kicked out right as I had already started the five minute countdown. So I ran into the house and actually like, you know, just rejiggered everything so that I could get like the backup internet. And I ran back in time and I just caught it with like 30 seconds left in the video. So sometimes having that, uh, that five minute countdown at the beginning is, uh, is, uh, very helpful. And it's also another place where I like to put my, uh, just to, to get a little creative outlet in there. Sometimes yeah. I kind of pick the things based on that and, and go with that. But yeah, man, I, I, I love having you on. I'd love to have you on frequently. I'm going to be closer to you in time zones just around the corner. It'll only be a one hour difference instead of a three hour difference, three. which will, that's a significant one. That, that's it a is. significant one because it's still early where you are, but it's like 10, 15, my, my time. So it's like, it's like getting there. So yeah, man. Uh, I wanted to thank you for coming back, and uh, I do. Uh, I do want to plug one thing. Yeah, please. Uh, March fifteenth through the nineteenth, I'll be driving from St. Louis, Missouri, to Portland, Oregon. So if you are in uh, the southern part of Nebraska, Wyoming, Idaho, or Portland, uh, let me know, and I'll stop on the way. We can grab a, a bite to eat or something. I don't know if anyone's That'd be on that awesome. path. But what's uh, going on in Portland? Nothing. Well, nothing's going on in Portland. I'm on my way to Seattle. Uh, ah, okay. Seattle's my final destination, and then at the end of that that week, like the 23rd, I'll start my drive back through Montana, South Dakota, and Nebraska again. But uh, Seattle's going- uh, Seattle's the U.S. city I know the best because I've been to the most. Because uh, this will be my first time. It's you know what Seattle's not bad. It's like. It's like Vancouver, but with like a lot of a lot more black people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to a conference. And so uh, because I hate flying, I decided to rent a car and, and drive the it's going to be 63 hours of driving back and forth. Um, things to do while you're there. Uh, the the music experience, something the, the there's like a music history 
museum thing. It's pretty cool. I think it's yeah. like the experimental music something. Maybe it's EMP or EM something, but look it up. And then if you're downtown and you come across it, uh, if, after you've gone to like the, if you go to the fish market, um, there's like an underground tour that, that flat earthers would love and the Tartarian people would love. Because basically like it's saying that like, Seattle was at one time lower and you go underneath because they had some sort of a mudslide that like took out like a good chunk of the city. And so you could actually go underneath and you see like these storefronts and stuff from like the 1800s that are That's still intact. Cool. And it's, it's tough. It's definitely a cool thing to go and check out. Uh, if you're in Seattle, kind of like demolition uh, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of what else to go to while you're there. Uh, yeah, you're going to have a, Seattle's not bad. It's just I would I could never live there. And oh yeah, Sully's from Portland, so maybe I'll connect you up with him. Uh, uh, he might know some people you can you can stop by on the way through or something yeah. like that. I got. I'm visiting my sister in Portland for a couple of days on the way to Seattle. So, all right, forward to that. Yeah, I prefer Seattle to Portland, but Portland's all right in its own way, I guess. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, man, thanks so much for coming on. I I, I me on. I I uh, been looking forward to this. We just you know, time, time flies, but, uh, let's get you back on in March. And, um, uh, this has been high trust, low context. I'm Al Chaco. Thank you again to Tab Burt for joining us. We'll see you later. Uh, Viva Cristo Ray.